0: This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.
1: Kia ora and welcome to Garden of Sound, brought to you by The Nephilist. I'm your host, Ian Turner, and my guest for Christmas Eve is Jason Reekers. That used to happen and they were big events and the Sand
2: Parade was one of those things. Yeah. They happened every year. Yep. Dad was in the police force here in Christchurch, so we used to go and stand outside the police station and that was the place we used to watch it from every year. Yeah. And if I didn't get to go to the Santa Parade, man.
1: But first, if you enjoy today's show, I'd love for you to subscribe. Just head to gardenofsound.nz and click on any of these subscription links on the front page. There's also an audience survey for you to complete. I'd love to hear what you like about the show and what you'd like to hear more of. Just head to gardenofsound.nz and click on the link. OK, Jason Reekers, literally a larger-than-life character who played Ronald McDonald for many years across New Zealand and now will bring his music theatre prowess and golden-arched experience to Christchurch's Santa Parade. The only question is, how do you stage a parade during a pandemic? This is the Garden of Sound interview with Jason Reekers on Plains FM 96.9. Jason, have you got a first memory of music in your life? Actually, my first memory of music in my life, well, I, I was a,
2: I grew up a, on a big diet of Sesame Street and Disney. Um, so my first memories of music are Play School, Romper Room, yep. and the music of Sesame Street and Disney. Okay. But we had a Wombles record. Okay. A record. Yes. Yep. And that was played all day, every day at our house. And that music, the Womble's music, you know, Underground, Overground, they had a yep. whole album. Yeah, it was Remember all song- your yeah. Womble. <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. And each Womble had their own song yes. too. There was a running one and yeah. one about Madame Cholet and all the different characters and that. Yeah. And that's probably my first real experience of being in control of music, you know, being able to put it on yep. when you want it. Yeah. And learning to use a record player. Yeah. And yeah.
1: Where did you grow up?
2: I uh, grew up in Christchurch, went to Avonhead Primary, uh-huh. then went to Kirkwood Intermediate yeah. and St Thomas's, okay. St Thomas's College. yeah. And didn't go to university, left yeah. straight, went into the workforce yeah. and got into acting through there.
1: What about musical instruction sort of going through school?
2: I started doing theatre when I was about six, mm. six years old and just kind of learnt on the job never yeah. had any musical instruction i was self-taught really yeah just yeah, yeah still don't still don't read music yeah but i have a good ear okay and pick
1: it up really quickly where was your first um public maybe outside of school uh performance
2: uh, i was very young and i was involved in a production company in christchurch called christchurch theater workshops okay and that was a bunch of English people who emigrated out here mm-hmm. and missed pantomime okay. from England. Yeah, so yeah. every year they would put on a pantomime.
1: Would it be at the repertory? Uh, it was at okay. the repertory theatre. Right.
2: And I was in the kids' chorus yeah. of Jack and the Beanstalk Fantastic. with Janice Bateman, Okay. Does who was well. Jack. Yeah. Uh, she was Janice Tweedy back then. Mm-hmm. Janice Bateman played Jack. And that was kind of what got me going. And the reason I got into that was my grandmother was the wardrobe mistress okay. or a wardrobe mistress for them. And she got me involved and I went on to do a few shows with them. Mm. Then I got into school and did a lot of school stuff and then got into, back in with the same production company was my first production out of school. Mm-hmm. And from there got hooked yeah. and got into Christchurch Operatic, now okay. Showbiz. Yep. And have done most of my work with them. Okay. Although I have done shows with just about every every company in Christchurch.
1: What would you say your favorite musical is? That I've been in? Either. Well, well, you don't yeah, have to have know, been in
2: it. You have to you can't really go past Joseph. Okay. Just every single song has a different feel. It's yeah. it's non stop. It moves fast. Yeah. It's yeah, I love Joseph.
1: It's Lloyd Webber and Rice at their best.
2: Yeah, it is really.
1: it is, right at the start. Yeah, because that's but, where that's where we met. I don't know how many productions you've done. Of the, um, of the show,
2: I've done. I did Joseph twice. Yes. Uh, once when I was in my really early twenties yep. for Rickett and Players. Okay. And then later on, when I was about twenty six, twenty seven yep. for Showbiz with you. Indeed. In nineteen ninety nine.
1: Nineteen ninety nine. Yes. Uh, and you played Pharaoh. I did. Um, And one of the brothers, Levi. Ah, indeed. It's a a very long time ago. So you're marrying um, the the stage performance with a job as well, because for many, many years, uh, you were one of New Zealand's Ronald McDonald's? Yes, I was. I was probably the main one. The main, main Ronald. We had one full
2: time and two part timers. Okay. So I couldn't be everywhere at once.
1: How did you get that gig?
2: Well, I, I was asked to audition for it. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine, he had an agent out of Auckland. Yeah. And they were looking at the time for just a Ronald for the South Island. Okay. They asked me to audition and I actually turned it. I didn't want it. I looked at Ronald McDonald and thought, oh, I'm, not, I'm a serious actor.
1: I am not Ronald McDonald.
2: Yeah. But I auditioned for the job mm. and I got it. And What were
1: the prerequisites? Well… You are you are tall…
2: Yes, it was tall, but Ronald throughout the world t- uh, height wasn't a prerequisite. Oh, okay. I think the average Ronald height throughout the world was five foot eleven. Okay. Oh wow. Because there's a suit you could buy because all the suits were tailor made. Yes. But they had an average suit. Yes. That you could buy off the shelf that didn't have to be made and it okay. was for a five foot eleven male. Okay. But I guess that takes into account all the Asian countries yep. and where people. It's a variety. Yeah, exactly. You might
1: have like a five foot four Ronald somewhere. Maybe. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So, but um. Mine were, of course, tailor-made. So what was the highlight of the uh, the gig over those years? Oh,
2: man, there were so many.
1: Was there, I imagine there would have been international travel. Oh, lots
2: of international travel. Is there Ronald conventions? Yes, there okay. was. Yes. I mean, I have been to the States many times. Chicago five yeah. times. Yep. Orlando. We, had, we even had a convention at Disneyland. Wow. And they had half the park for us one mm-hmm. night. To just playing yeah yeah the so power of the golden arches you
1: are for those kind of things you're just in your civvies i imagine you're yes not all...
2: yeah oh there was one day that we all had to get made up and judged because you couldn't be ronald unless you were certified okay so every year you had to be certified oh really by weight and size and oh, okay. cleanliness and yeah, yeah. so every, and every two years we'd have a convention. Yeah. So one year we'd have to do it remotely by, with photos and the next year you would do it at the convention in front of a panel. Mm. So we'd all have to get ready in a big room. Mm. It was quite funny because uh, the first time I ever went, uh, we got ready and did the certification on the very first day. Mm. And I didn't know anybody. So we all got ready as Ronald, and then we all looked the same. So while waiting to be certified, some of us were waiting half an hour to an hour in these huge lines, talking to all these people. Yeah. And then that night, after everybody got changed, nobody, well, I didn't know who I was was talking talking to. to, So I spent the night trying to work out, were you that person, or were you that person? But they all knew me because of my height, because I was actually one of the tallest Ronalds in the world. Okay. Yeah. So New Zealand had tall Ronalds, I think. The first Ronald we had here, we've only ever had only ever had three. Okay. And the first guy was tall, so I think they kind of stuck with yep. that. Yep. So that probably all. helped.
1: You talked about Disneyland. You've also talked about growing up on a diet of um, Sesame Street and Play School and Romperoo. Mm. It seems like that sort of larger-than-life, comicky-type thing is... Is your bag. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I've, always, I've
2: often asked myself that. I mean, I'm a huge Disney fan. My yeah. house is full of Disney memorabilia. Yeah. I've been to Disneyland 15, 16 times. Yeah. I've probably spent over about a month of my life there. Okay. I just find, I don't know, a solace in that. Magical world where everything's always happy and nothing ever goes wrong and it always turns out good. In the so, end. was there an
1: element of escapism? I think it was.
2: Yeah, and fascination. I loved to draw and I loved cartoons. So, I was into art and all my art was all cartoons. I used to do these massive. I had a big roll of brown paper and I would do these pictures that were the size of the lounge floor. Yes. Just of a huge big Mickey Mouse or a big Popeye, or I was kind of into lots of things. I was into all sorts of pop culture. Yeah, I still am. Yeah, had a big fascination with E.T. and then yep. and then went on to Return of the Jedi and yeah. Star Wars. Yes, and so I guess the new job I have is really quite good for that.
1: Indeed, and we mm. will talk about your your new role as director of yeah, the Christchurch. Um, Santa Parade It is time for some music though We have um, touched a little on, on music theatre at least And you want to play a track from, from Les, Les Miserables yeah. Why is that?
2: Well Les Miserables was the show that got me into theatre When I was um, in fifth form I went to Sydney And saw the, the big production of Les Miserables mm. With Normie Rowe playing Jean Valjean okay. And it just drew me in And I was obsessed yeah. Loved the music, and this next track was probably one of the songs that really got me going. It's a motivating song. I actually then went on to be in Les Miserables here when it premiered in Christchurch back in 1994. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's a show that really pulls at your heartstrings. It's, I love the way it was staged, It's the singing, the staging. It was just huge, and it overwhelmed me, and that hooked me in.
1: Thoughts on the movie?
2: I love the movie but I've never owned it. I I'm like most people just think that Russell Crowe ruined it. He just I what they were thinking casting him in that yeah. role. Uh, you know, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Loved the way the the cinematic of actually having it in France and mm-hmm. it was beautiful. But yeah, Russell and Crowe ruined
1: it. Singing live as well.
2: Which maybe, maybe that's what led to Russell Crowe not sounding so great. Yeah. The live singing and not being done in the studio. But still, they could have found somebody better. Indeed. There's many people that have played that role throughout the world that could have done it.
1: What version are we going to hear right now? What version or what cast? I don't know. Which one did you choose? I think it's going to be this one. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Jason Ricas on Planes FM 96.9. Jason, whether it was a, I guess, a band or a piece of music theatre, what was the first big gig that you got along to, something that might have blown you away?
2: Elton John concert in 1990, I think, here in Christchurch. The big Elton John concert out at Addington. Okay, not the very first one. He came in the eighties. Yeah, and then there was one in the nineties when he actually he got married around that time. Okay, got married in Sydney, and it was on the way from. There was some big custody case going on here in Christchurch at the time. Okay, between an English person trying to get their child out of some school here, that
1: does ring a bell.
2: He made an announcement at the concert, and oh, it was a huge concert. Lovely night, and I went with a. Bunch of Friends. Yeah. yeah. that was my first real big concert.
1: Any standout track from that gig?
2: Crocodile Rock. Okay. Seeing the man play it himself. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I've seen him uh, again since. Yeah, um, when he came into Dunedin year, uh, a few probably about ten years ago. Yes, now. yeah, yeah. Uh, and the voice wasn't the same as it was back. in the, he was in his heyday then. Yep. So it was. It's always good to see them when they're at their best. When they're. And I think that was when he was at his best. You know, there was those were the days when he'd come out in all the outrageous costumes and hats and. Yeah, I know it was fantastic. There was a big memory of mine.
1: What about you taking to the boards? At least you've been in a. In a, in a number of shows, um, what's probably been your most successful? Personally, my
2: most successful role yeah. was King Arthur and
1: Okay. a
2: couple of years ago. Didn't sell as well. Why was um, that? Oh, just Spamalot. um Monty Python yep. didn't seem to really appeal to the Christchurch audiences. It was 2016. Okay. You know, the earthquake was still quite fresh. The town wasn't, you know... Things were just coming back, yeah. Um, but that was a wonderful show. Everybody that came to see it loved it, yeah. laughed their heads off. The, the, the script is funny. The music's hilarious. Mm-hmm. It really is a funny show. And another little side story to that, a few years prior to that, when I went to see it in New York, Yep. I don't know if you've ever seen Spamalot. No, no, I haven't. But it's the quest for the Holy Grail. Yes. And at the end of the show, the Holy Grail is found, and it just happens to be under a seat in the audience. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I was in that seat. Amazing. <laughs> in New York and got pulled up onto the Schubert Theater stage. So and... you've
1: done the show yes. already?
2: No, and then oh, after that okay. I ended up playing King Arthur myself and mm. doing it. Well, I was actually cast in it twice. Yeah. First time was 2010. So this was 2008 that I would okay. see it ended up on stage. Yep. 2010 I was cast in it. Right. Then we had the earthquake. It was yep. supposed to be on in 2011, okay. but we lost the Theater Royal. So it was shelved, and I was cast as Sir Lancelot in that production. Uh huh. And then it was shelved until 2016, mm. 2015 actually. Yep. I re-auditioned, and I was cast as King Arthur. And so the show actually went on from there, and was great. It was lots of fun. And went on to do Mamma Mia after
1: that. Tell me about the, um, the Isaac Theatre Royal. Tell me about your experiences and what you, what you like about the, the theatre.
2: Well, both the theatres, really. The old Isaac Theatre Royal, the original, they had the gutters underneath and the doorways that you had to duck or you banged your head. (laughs) (laughs) Every every show there was somebody. There's this stairway that came down to the stage and it had a normal doorway, but of course the stairway came down on an angle, and if you didn't duck or if you flew down there too fast, you used to hit your head. Well, every show... There was always one person during the run that would always hit their head and be knocked out or have a big accident. But then the old boiler room underneath where they used to dry all the costumes and everything and Mm. the smell of the coal. and That was was great. That was the old theatre. But the new theatre is lovely. Yeah. Beautiful. Great to work in.
1: Does the future look bright for theatre and performance in Christchurch? I think so. Uh, we've got Showbiz
2: uh, doing Roald Dahl's Matilda next yep. year. They've got a huge lineup of shows to, ready to go. They've yep. shelved several already, so all those shows are sitting there waiting to go. Mm. I think pandemic-wise, I think under the new system, because you're ticketing, I think theatre now has a chance. Okay. With masks and vaccine passes... They can now start filling the theatres to capacity and make money. Mm-hmm. The problem was is that they could still stage shows, but on 100 people, uh, uh, you know, you just can't make that Not kind of it. When a show costs 500 grand to put on yeah. and you get 100 people a night, you know, how many weeks are you going to have to run to make your money back or how much a ticket's going to cost? You know, mm. you can't ch- charge $1,000 a ticket.
1: Your um, diverse exploits across the years, is there anything that you've been able to give back to younger folks?
2: Well, the Ronald stuff was huge. Yeah. I mean, that was all about children. Okay. I used to write all the shows and yep. put education in them. I toured schools for yep. years teaching yep. road safety. Yep. My big message was all about seatbelts and things. So I've been told that m- not so much now because Ronald has disappeared from the world and in these times. That's just not a done thing anymore, advertising for children, but... I will say in the defense of McDonald's that they used Ronald for good. Okay. Ronald had nothing to do with food. Yeah. Never sold food, never gave food away, never mentioned the food. Yeah. Ronald was used as a tool to teach road safety and just have fun. Yeah. So I used to write half an hour shows for them. None of them had anything to do with McDonald's. They were all about sports or doing something or a story that with a a birthday party or something. Yeah. I guess – In that way, I gave quite a lot back. I Mm. I visited five schools a day. Wow. Yeah, it was a half an hour show and I'd do up to five schools in a day. And I'd go into a town and do three or four days in that town. I've seen thousands and hundreds of thousands of children over the years, over 20 years of doing that.
1: Who was the exceptionally bright, canny individual that came up with the idea for this figurehead? For Ronald. Ronald was an accident,
2: <laughs> an accident that happened when times were different, and it was back in about 1966, 67 mm-hmm. in the States, Yep. Uh, when McDonald's franchisees were able who had a lot more freedom to do their own kind of marketing it's all tied in now and yep nobody can boom, really yeah you do yep. it this way and you yep. do it that way and everything's negotiated and approved Yep. but back in those days people did their own thing yeah a local store this guy invented this character ronald mcdonald and ray Kroc, the founder of mcdonald's visited the store one day and saw it and thought it was a great idea and let's have lots of them so yeah. So it went from there, and then the Ronald program grew and grew and became what it Mm. was yesterday.
1: Have you ventured any further into um to writing material, um, for other other mediums? Um. I wrote uh, for television New Zealand, Mm.
2: uh, well for Whitebait Studios actually. Yeah, we had a section on what now called Slam. Okay, where I was this. old aged reporter called dash okay not very pc or politically correct yes and i had a sidekick johnson rowler yeah and we used to commentate uh like a top town kind of course for families gotcha yeah you know slime and slides and so we would go into studio and and commentate those but then we would have links that were all prepared and i would write all those too yeah. While I was Ronald, my life was dedicated to McDonald's and yep. everything I wrote, I wrote for Ronald and McDonald's. And yeah. it kept me busy. Yeah. Uh, all the other theatre I did for love.
1: Was it the pandemic that put an end yes, to it Ronald? Was. it was. That must have been tough. pandemic
2: Pandemic, um, Ronald was in decline anyway yep. because of the way the world was going yep. and advertising to children yep. and the demonising of fast food. Yep. And that's another topic Don't yeah. get me started, but yeah. it is demonising, really. Yeah. I mean, it's... Personal choice, Yep. and that was on its way out. Okay. So the pandemic was kind of the boot that just, yep, that right. The here's and here's an opportunity to do something, and yeah, yeah, it Indeed.
1: happened. Um, we are going to talk about your new role as um, uh, director of the Santa Parade, um, but we do have um, another track. Um, and this is a Queen, yeah. Queen song, yeah. um, Killer Queen, in fact. Um, why, why this track? Well, Queen had a lot of influence in
2: my life. Um, I think a lot of my friends uh, and my uncle used to play it quite a bit. I would have actually put up Bohemian Rhapsody as the song that has had a lot of influence yeah. in my life, but I realise there's time constraints, indeed, and it's such a long track that I went with my second favourite, which is Killer Queen.
0: She keeps. A in a pretty cabinet, the cake. she says. Just like Marie Antoinette, a building a remedy for Christopher Kennedy. And at a time of you can't take Carry of cigarettes. Well, in etiquette, extraordinarily nice. She's a kid, queen, got body, dynamite with a laser beam. To blow your mind oh, 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 oh. <laughs> recommended at the price Insatiable and in appetite. Tonight? Wanna try oh, 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 oh. to avoid complications, she never kept the same address in conversation. She spoke just like a baroness, middle man, trying And time to gauge your up The car she couldn't care That's stimulus and precise She's a killer queen, gun body gelatine Dynamite with a laser beam Guaranteed uh, uh, to blow your mind
1: Garden of Sound interview with Jason Riekers on Plains FM
2: 96.9 There's only one way to settle this
1: There is another way Visit miniquiz.com and see how your general knowledge stacks up against friends, family, and Darren down the road. It's free and a great way to get you ready for the big leagues. Visit miniquiz.com now. That's M-I-N-I-Q-W-I-Z.com and show everyone who the quizzed in your neighborhood really is. miniquiz.com Start small and do them all. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Jason Ricas on Plains FM ninety six point nine. Um, now, new position is director of the Santa Parade for Christchurch for Canterbury for Christchurch for Christchurch. Sadly, two years in a row, we won't actually be getting a parade. But I do see that you are eminently qualified, and all of the stuff you've done before to lead such a thing. What's the vibe? What was your um, your mission?
2: Well, as I said, I grew up on a diet of Sesame Street, Disney, in a time when people didn't go to the States a lot. You know, I was fascinated with Disneyland. That was my life. You know, I watched Disney on TV and, and all the scenes of Disneyland. You know, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have YouTube. You couldn't go on and... Just look up things. Like these days, the kids can look at anything. See anything. They can go to any theme yep. park in the world, ride any rides, see it all before they go. For us, it was books yep. and television. Yep. And there was the wonderful world of Disney. Mm-hmm. So it kind of led up to me also being fascinated with the Santa Parade. Because that was for a child who hadn't had that, who hadn't been there what didn't have access to anything like that. Mm-hmm. That was a little bit of Disney mm. coming to Christchurch. Mm-hmm. The Santa Parade was magical. It was yes. the floats, the characters, the things that we all see yep. that we never got to see. Yeah. The world today is a bit different. Characters come and go. We have them at malls and things yeah. all the time. That just didn't happen in our day. Mm-hmm. Things like that were very special. You had yep. The Wombles came on tour and you went to see them at the town hall. Oh, or
1: sooty and sweet. Or Basil
2: Brush. Yep. That used to happen, and they yes. were big events. Yep. And the Santa Parade was one of those things. It yep. happened every year. Yep. I used to go every year. Yeah. Dad was in the police force here in Christchurch, so we used to go and stand outside the police station, and that was the place we used to watch it from every year. Yeah. And if I didn't get to go to the Santa Parade, man. And the Santa Parade often fell on my birthday or around my birthday, mm-hmm. which is the 29th of November, so okay. that was often the date that it was on.
1: That seems very early for a Santa parade. Why did it sort of fall around then?
2: That is Auckland's traditional date. It's always the last Saturday or the last Sunday in November. Right. So our parade ended up being moved a week later to round. It would have been December 4th.
1: Okay. December
2: 4th, December 5th. Yes. We want to work in partnership with Auckland Mm. um, because together we can work to bring characters overseas that we couldn't probably do alone. Okay, strengthen numbers. Yeah, so we have to have separate dates Mm. and we have to also have a rain date each, which separates us by two weeks. Yeah, So when you're trying to get around about the same time, we need to go quite early mm. so that they can have their normal date which gives them a rain date of the f- beginning of december yeah because if we had the beginning of december our, we could end up with a rain date round about the 19th of december well nobody's going to want to santa parade through the city 5 days before christmas i've also noticed that santa is coming to town earlier and earlier mm. i think santa's in the mall was in the mall early november mm. already mm. so i'm going to align the Santa Parade with show weekend
1: if we take the, the money out of it mm-hmm. um, what is your response to those the people who might stick very closely to um, uh, an advent um, period of you know four weeks before Christmas or thereabouts who say it's too early what's your response to that? <laughs>
2: It's always been tradition that the Santa Parade brought Santa to town and then from then on,
1: okay,
2: Santa would have started appearing in the malls but right. not until he'd come to town with the Santa Parade. Properly. But as of late, Santa's yeah. been in the malls well before the, the Santa Parade comes along and the, takes away that specialness of Santa coming to town for the first time in the, the start of the Christmas season. Mm. Show weekend seems like the perfect opportunity for us. We've got a long weekend in the city. Mm. We can have it on that Sunday, which mm-hmm. can be as late as the 19th of November, mm. and bring Santa to town first, mm-hmm. and then from then on, Santa's in the malls like he would have been anyway. Okay, So I think it's a nice, also a nice handover from the Bloom Festival mm-hmm. to right now, we're in the Christmas season, okay. and it's kind of a handover to yep. be on the last day of that festival, okay. and a handover to the Christmas and season, and, all, the first, and the malls okay. can all go and decorate and do their thing which they w- will have probably already done anyway.
1: What does Christmas mean to you?
2: Time off to spend with family, really. Yeah. My mum is the Christmas dreamer. Well yeah. <laughs> Well, the Christmas fairy or Mother Christmas. Yes. The house is like a grotto. Okay. Uh, and we kind of grew up with the real tree yes. and, and decorating the tree yep. a couple of weeks before Christmas because yep. the real tree didn't last. People mm. put their trees up now on the 1st of November. Yeah. We grew up in the real traditional Christmas of just the bike and, okay. you know, the, yep. the what, do you, what do you want for Christmas and yeah. the toy of the year. Yeah. I lived a very normal middle-class life and it was great.
1: What's one Southern Hemisphere Christmas tradition that you, um, you keep to?
2: Well, I don't know if it's Southern Hemisphere, but we have a credit Christmas tradition of a banana in the Christmas stocking. Wow, okay. Yeah. One year, uh, mum decided that because we didn't eat, we were too busy playing with our toys and everything, that she would put a banana in our Christmas stocking for breakfast. Yeah. And we all made fun of her that day. So we got a banana every year, and okay. even to this day, we still get a Christmas stocking with a banana in it.
1: I imagine it would have stopped a few <laughs> fights when the kids are getting a bit ratty because they haven't had yeah, haven't had anything yeah, to, to and eat. something healthy, a banana. Yeah. Um, what do you have planned uh, for tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow is family mm. uh, fa-
2: morning with family. Yep. And lunch, and then friends in the afternoon, and yep. then friends at night. Ah. We have some friends, we get together and we do a secret Santa. Oh, wonderful. It's already been drawn out. Oh, very good. Yeah, so okay. we know who we're buying for, but they don't know who bought for them.
1: Uh, now, you will be bringing um, a little more pizzazz and excitement, which we can uh, talk about in the um, uh, the next bit of the show, with the floats at least. Um, a little bit of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Is that going to be something we hope to see at some point?
2: Yeah, so the history, I was just talking about McDonald's. Mm. McDonald's had a big History with the Christchurch Centre Parade, Mm -hmm. Um, and they had a a purpose-built float about twenty years ago for for Ronald. Yes, it was a make-it-click float. It has a McDonald's restaurant and a beautiful vintage car on the front. Yeah, cartoon-style vintage car. Yeah, well, that's all gone by the by now. And so, luckily, the um, franchisees Alan Trail and Bruce Davis Mm -hmm. and families donated it this year to the parade. Okay, so we've we've gained this lovely new float but it can't be used as a mcdonald's float okay so it's being converted into chitty chitty bang bang Oh,
1: fantastic so
2: next year we'll have a brand new float chitty chitty bang bang we'll have the characters in it singing the song yep it's going to be all animated hopefully smoke Mm. the mcdonald's restaurant in the back will become the truly scrumptious lolly factory Mm. um so it's just going to be our all new float for the parade next year Based around the song Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Well,
1: here it is.
0: What a funny noise it's making. Well, she's only talking. Talking? Yes. All engines talk to you, especially when you get to know them. What's it saying? She's saying. Chitty 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 Chitty. chitty. Bang, bang, bang Bang! Chitty 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 Bang Bang. Chitty Chitty, chitty, chitty Bang Bang! bang. <laughs> Chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang, chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang, chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang. Oh, you pretty chitty bang. In. Drive, Daddy, drive! Well, you've got to say please to Chitty first. Please! Oh, you, pretty Chitty Bang Bang, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, we love you. And oh, pretty Chitty Bang Bang, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, loves us too. High, low, anywhere we go.
1: This is the Gardner Sound interview with Jason Rekers on Plains FM 96.9. Jason, director of the Santa Parade. Um, Obviously, the world in turmoil where people can't really sort of get out and do what they would do normally, um, which must cause a real headache with regards to staging a public event. What are the other options?
2: Well, apparently under the green level. Yep. To stage any event, you've got to be able to check vaccine sure. passes. Okay. So public events become very difficult sure. because they then have to be ticketed. Yeah, you've then got to have uh, a way of caging or fencing it off. Yes, when you're talking about between fifty to seventy thousand people coming to a Santa parade how many exits and entrances will you need because the timely processing of getting that many people in and out, um, toileting once they're in, all of that kind of, the expense of that. There's a huge expense in closing the roads anyway for a normal parade. Having to do all of that could actually top the expense of closing the roads. Yes. Um, so, we're, we're looking at all sorts of things, maybe having the parade in Hagley Park. Yes. Um, fencing it off, having the floats come in and around. Yeah. But then we'll have to have a ring that will be fenced, and you'll have people inside the ring. So, you'll have to have toilets in yep. there, a way of crossing, a way, uh, logistics. logistics. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a nightmare. Yeah. Um, I didn't kind of really think when I took this job on that next year we'd still be talking about this. Okay. I was thinking, okay, well, no parade this year. We've got a whole year. Yep. But having to ticket, and when you're in green... You would think being in green it would be, would be freedom. Yeah. I could understand if you were in orange, then yep. you'd have to ticket. Yeah. But green, what do you go after green? There's no color after green. Green means go. Yeah. And to be still having to wear masks and ticket a public event at green, yeah, like Christmas in the park, Coca-Cola Christmas in the park, mm-hmm. that will never happen. Yeah. Unless it then becomes a ticketed event, yep, uh, gets fenced off and becomes like a concert. Okay, it can be free tickets, but yep. then there's that all the whole logistics of organising all of that on top of the event as well. People won't do it. When, mm. when they're not making money, they're not selling tickets to make money on these events. They're doing it for public good yep. and to keep the morale of the public up and for fun. Yeah, The Santa Parade doesn't make a cent.
1: Is there the option of doing an arena show? That's right.
2: So we're looking at maybe doing it in the park yep. or having it in the arena okay. uh, where we can ticket and have yeah. people seated, bring yep. the floats in and around and maybe do... Several sessions, so maybe we have it in the arena on a Friday night, Saturday, two sessions on a Saturday, and two sessions on a Sunday, or something. And, and
1: becomes more the Santa
2: show, yes. Which which leads me back to the, what I'm doing with the parade. So the yeah. parade is going to become a, it's going to change from being the Christchurch Santa parade to the Christchurch Christmas show parade. Okay, so it's going to be on show weekend, yes. Hence the show. Yep. But we're going to reimagine the whole parade as as a show. Yeah. So each float will be seen as a small stage. Yeah. And they will all be directed and cast yep. with auditions yep. as a small one and a half minute show. Yeah. So as the as the parade passes by, you'll just come in on whatever's happening yep. and then it will move out of yep. you. Some will just be a song, yep. a character singing a song. Some will be acting. It might be Peter Pan and Captain Hook having a scene, yep. having a sword fight on the pirate ship with lines and yep. like a little scene of the movie that you just kind of pass yes. in and out. Yep. So that would probably lend itself quite well in the arena. Yes. It's just that, once you get inside, see, in, out, in an outdoor situation, we can have all the sound going yep. together and it just Ooh. kind of passes yep. through. But yep. in an arena, you couldn't have that probably all going together. It's
1: feeling more like the opening ceremony to the Olympics. <laughs> That's or something right. Like yes. That, yeah. Uh, so
2: uh, it just gets so difficult. We're, I mean, we're working through it. Yeah. It's only Christmas now. Yep. And we've got a whole year. Yeah. It's. All I will say is that it's hard to find funding and sponsorship when you can't guarantee an event. Okay. Uh, the government's come out with um, new support for events. Yeah. But as we're a free event, we're still looking into whether that applies to us. Yeah. I'd hate to see that after 75 years we yep. can't have a Santa parade in Christchurch.
1: What about the uh, big old Santa that used to sit on the um, on the farmer's building? Yes. I think it was. Where is, where is he?
2: Well, he's in Levin.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Just what, retired?
2: Well, the story goes, and I know this for sure because I was going to lead a campaign to bring him back. Yes. Um, the story goes that he was sitting behind a farmer's building in two pieces, rotting. Some people saw him. Uh, who remembered him from their childhood. Yeah. Their daughter or family had a Christmas tree farm yep. up north. Yep. They bought it of farmers mm. and shipped it up north to sit him out in the Christmas tree farm as mm-hmm. as kind of signage. Yep. He was pretty much in bad condition anyway. He had a um, wooden, all the centre of them was wood not not steel so all the wood was rotten oh wow so they spent quite a bit of money actually redoing them with steel and everything wow uh, after a while, I think they sold the Christmas tree farm and they donated him to Levin. Okay. So he now is in the Levin Adventure Park mm. on the main street. They've got okay. this huge children's park there mm-hmm. that Levin is known for. If you yep. drive through Levin, you'll know about the Adventure Park. Yep. And our Santa is sitting in their park.
1: Okay. So you wanted to bring it back. Um, why not, I don't know, reimagine?
0: We new- could do
2: that too. I have thought about that. A lot of it was waiting for the city to get something to put him on. Yeah. I thought there were, he would look great on the corner of the Crossing, mm. the old yep. DIC building. Yeah, yes. Um So maybe the Crossing might one day like to look at putting a Santa back in the city and putting one on their building. So, yeah, that would have been nice. Maybe that's something for the future. Maybe yeah. we as the parade could look at doing that Yeah, a, as a separate venture, but we've got to get the parade up and running first.
1: More Christmas excitement coming. Uh, we have a very special Christmas mini-quiz, which we'll be playing uh, very shortly. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Jason Reekers on Planes FM 96.9. I just want to tell you a little more about the listener survey I'm running. I love making Garden of Sound because I love being able to support local music. And I know you love finding out about what local musicians are up to and hear new tracks and perhaps discover ways to progress your own musical career. To keep making Garden of Sound better, I need to find out who you are and what you think of the show. So please head to the Garden of Sound homepage and click on the survey link. That's gardenofsound.nz This is the Garden Sound interview with Jason Reekers on Plains FM 96.9. We're about to play mini quiz. I've got 10 questions for you. Um, You're going to have 60 seconds to answer them. They're all Christmas themed. Um, If you don't know the answer, just say pass. Okay. Sound good? Yep. All right, Jason Reekers, your time starts now. Who released last Christmas in 1984?
2: George Michael. Which? Wham.
1: (laughs) Which Christmas song begins, it was Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank?
2: Ooh. Is it, uh, the bells are ringing out on Christmas, no, the bells are ringing out on Christmas day, what's that name, what's the name of it? Um,
1: Just pass or move Pass, on? pass. Who recorded the original, still the most famous version of White Christmas in 1942? Bing Crosby. <laughs> Which famous Christmas song begins with the lyrics, The mood is right, the spirit's up, we're here tonight, and that's enough?
2: Oh gosh, that's a very English one. The mood is right. Da, 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 da. Simply having wonderful Christmas time. Well done, uh, I'll take it. Paul McCartney.
1: Fantastic. Which music legend had a 1964 hit with Blue Christmas? Elvis. How many Lars are after the Fa in Deck the Halls? Nine. <sighs> okay, there we go Your time is up We only had an opportunity to get through six there But we'll go through the answers <laughs> um, Yes, you eventually got it I'll give it to you Wham! Because uh, it was George and Andrew um, Fairy Tale of New York Is the name ah. of the song That's what uh, the song's called And the bells are ringing out on Christmas Day Well done Bing Crosby um, Wonderful Christmas time Congratulations Yes, Paul McCartney Elvis Presley Very good Far Far La, 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 oh, la, I counted the you first counted as a la. You counted the la. far as a la. Easy. You can't count the
2: far. <laughs> Mistake for rookies.
1: Eight. Um, so there we go. So we got one, two, three, four. Uh, that is not too bad. So um, <laughs> so after all of the Christmas shenanigans and so on, um, what does Jason want to do? What's one of his sort of unfulfilled dreams it depends on what comes around.
2: Yeah. I, I always just go for the show as it comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you never know what's going to come up to, to be available. Yeah. Well, a couple of roles I'd love to play like? Scar and Lion King. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And whether Lion King will ever come here mm. or whether we, I'll ever get that opportunity. Yeah. I just want to keep doing what I'm doing. You know, when you're in a space where you really enjoy what you're doing, I've, I don't feel like I work at the moment. That's cool. This job is just fun, passion. Mm, yeah. Um, the hardest part is looking for money and doing yeah. that side of it. But yeah. as far as staging the parade goes, I'm just so looking forward to it. Each little show, the, turning it into something magical that I wanted to see when I was a kid. Mm. Bringing a bit of Disney to Christchurch. Mm. After I'd kind of com- you know get the parade going, I'd like to get back into shows again. I yeah. haven't done anything since 2016. My last show okay. was Mamma Mia. Okay. I played one of the fathers here yes. in Christchurch. yep. I'd love to get back into theatre. I did toy with the idea of auditioning for Matilda, mm. but next year it's just going to be too big. We're I mean, taking you're, the parade you're, quite, on. you're quite tall. Really. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's, but, she's quite yeah. sort of... Yeah. I wouldn't audition for the part of Matilda, but for the show.
1: Having said that, have you not done something recently with Blackboard?
2: Oh, yes, I, I coordinated... Mm. Um, a number from Matilda. Yeah, I just coordinated it on their behalf, though I wasn't ah, in it.
1: Okay, but there was it wasn't sort of uh, kids; it was adults playing. It was adults kids. singing
2: the, uh, a song from Matilda. Yeah, yeah, that went really well. That was a combination of lots of numbers all in one, one event from you know from Nasda to Showbiz to all yeah. sorts of people. Yeah, it was nice to coordinate. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm getting into a bit more behind the scenes stuff. I've always been on the stage. Yeah. always yep. been the actor or the character. Yeah, it's nice to actually be behind the stage S- and, and making some decisions.
1: So why not marry it all up with the writing? What about putting, creating your own show?
2: I've um, got an opportunity. I'm also on the the trust of the Malthouse Theatre. Okay. So there's there's scope there for me. That I have been asked to direct and write a show. A, um, a children's cushion theatre show, mm-hmm. which is something I'd love to do. Um, I'd love to do something around Seuss or okay. uh, write my own stuff, but yeah. I'd love to maybe stage a really cool Seuss yeah. show. Yeah, um, think Dr. Seuss is timeless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's something I'd probably like to put in the parade as well. Okay. Maybe bring in a bit of Seuss and the Grinch yeah. and some yeah, of the yeah. old characters. Yeah, I'm just happy doing what I'm doing. I've just got so much on my plate now that I really don't think
1: of anything past yeah. that at the moment. Yeah, no, that's super cool. Uh, we do have time for one more song yep. uh, with you, and it's going to be from the um, the Greatest Showman. The Greatest Showman. Um, and the tracks come alive.
2: Like I said, the the new parade is going to be a show parade. Mm. So I'm thinking of each. Float as a number, mm-hmm. so this will be the opening number of the parade. This will okay. be the first thing that will come down the road, yep. and the, the song has come alive. Yep. Um, to describe it, it's going to be a circus train, yes, with animals. Yep, um, you know, people dressed up as animals. Yep. circus performers, mm-hmm. stilt walkers. Yep, um, people doing choreography with ribbons. Yeah, so that the whole train will come
1: alive. Okay, Jason, it's been amazing having you on the show. Thank you very much.
0: You stumble through your days, got your head hung low, your sky's a shade of grey, like a zombie in a maze. You're asleep inside, but you can shake away cause you're just a dead man walking, thinking that's your only option, but you can flip the switch and brighten up your darkest day. The sun is up and the color's blinding, take a world and redefine it, leave behind your narrow mind, you'll never be the same. Come alive, come alive, go and light your light, let it burn so bright, reaching I- out And it's open wide, you're electrified. And the world becomes a fantasy, and you're more than you could ever be. Cause you're dreaming with your eyes wide open. And you know you can't go back again to the world that you were living in. Cause you're dreaming with your eyes wide open. So come alive. So you love
1: Okay. thanks for joining me today on this Christmas Eve edition of Garden of Sound and huge thanks to Jason Ricas for joining me for a trip down memory lane and talking about his plans for next year's Santa Parade next Friday it's New Year's Eve and I'll be looking back at 2021 and playing you some of the tracks that made headlines during the course of the year I'm Ian Turner and this has been Garden of Sound until next week keep well keep listening and keep playing En Ohora.